It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And Dirk, did you see who made his way over to... Joe's carding uh, earlier this week, I think Tuesday maybe? No, I did not. Apparently Ricky Thornton Jr. went over there and did a little bit of racing. Really? Yeah. Met up with the uh, Smithburg family. I think the Smithburg family was over there. Uh, or maybe they're all their friends. Who knows? Chandler and uh, and all the kids, I think, got to race against Ricky Thornton Jr. And what a cool deal that would be. Unless you were Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> And you got beat. <laughs> Ricky on that deal, there's nowhere to go but down. That's true. Yep, absolutely. All right, a lot to talk about today. Let's start things off with the uh, Rollin Zeitner Memorial at Shelby County Speedway. And uh, Dirk, do I have my information right? You went over there and uh, caught a little bit of the action. Uh, I went over and uh, caught all the action, uh, except hot laps. I uh, timed it pretty good. Um, they had a very nice tribute parade lap where uh, the four grandsons that are currently racing, uh, Kevin, Corey, Justin, and uh, Zach, uh, took their cars on a parade lap with a U.S. flag. And uh, they had the pace vehicle there from Shelby County with their trophy girls or whatever um, in the front of them. And then I'm pretty sure it was Al driving, drove one of the yellow Zeitner big rigs just the tractor behind them. So that was kind of cool. Cool deal. Yeah. It sounded like it was a great tribute night and uh, uh, it sounded like the stars were aligning for uh, a Zeitner to take the win until late. Um, oh no, no. It, uh, um, I mean, Kevin or not Kevin, but Justin set fast time and uh, started up front, but uh, um, Jesse sobbing was very tough. Um, there was a couple cars. Tad Pospisil was fast for a while. Um, Kyle Burke had a lot for Jesse, but the uh, berm was kind of rough. And I don't know if he cut the left rear down or tore it off the bead. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but he ended up having to pull off with a left rear issue. Corey got everything collected again and, and made a couple good runs at him, but it just wasn't to be. It was uh, Jesse's night, and uh, um, he did a good job. He wasn't bouncing off people or anything. I mean, it was a pretty clean race for the most part. The start was a little rough. Uh, Zach Zeitner, I'm not sure who turned him around. I wish that I had the replay to see it, but uh, um, he ended up completely facing the wrong way on the back straightaway, and and uh, I'm not sure if it was Jackson Sadoff that got into him and got him on his lid. But uh, he took a, a small roll. Um, Zach was okay. I, I haven't heard exactly what kind of shape the car is in yet. I haven't seen anything on Facebook describing. I've seen pictures. But, uh, you know, rolled over car looks like hell, but it could still be in pretty good shape. So, yeah. But uh, the rest of it was fairly uneventful. Um, the cars were fast there. Uh, it's my first time up there since the redesign of the track. Um and where I was sitting down towards turn one, when you look back toward, down the straightaway towards the old turn four, and you see two of the front stretch light poles completely on the outside of the track, 
And then you look into the pit area and you see a pole in the pits that used to be in the infield. It really puts in perspective how much they shortened it. And they call it a third mile. And I think that's a generous third mile, maybe like the outside because the shoots don't look real long. But the racing, for the most part, was very good. Good deal. I saw Justin Zeitner post a really, really nice piece, uh, basically congratulating Jesse and saying if uh, one of us couldn't have won it, we're, they're glad that he did. Uh, apparently, Jesse and uh, Roland became uh, uh, fairly close uh, when they were down racing in Arizona a few years back in the Modified and uh, Rollin took a pretty good liking to Jesse, and uh, every time they ran into each other at the racetrack, they would make sure and uh, have a quick conversation, and Jesse would make sure to take time out of the day. And I think I even saw in there that uh, Jesse would uh, go and sit with him in the pickup truck for as long as he could and uh, just catch up and um, uh, be old friends. So, uh, Yeah, Rollin was a lot of fun to talk to. I mean, the guy had a ton of knowledge um, when it come to the race cars. He was an old racer himself up in South Dakota. Um, that's where the family number of 76 came from. And, uh, uh, yeah, he was, you know, he was a pleasure to be around. That's all there was to it. He was a good dude. And, uh, you know, I think his kids are, his grandkids are, you know, I think he did a good job raising the boys. I sat in the grandstands right behind Mel the whole night. So we did some catching up since he's not in the area anymore. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, the grandstands were a who's who a Sunset Speedway. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of Sunset people up there. How were you the know? grandstands? Was it a good turnout? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, pretty full. Um, the couple bottom rows, like anywhere else, didn't have a whole bunch of people, but they had a crowd. Parking was at a premium because it was also the county fair going on. You know, oh. I was glad I went. Um, had a good time. Had a couple beers. Had some gizzards. Had a cheeseburger. You mm. know, standard race, racetrack stuff. Yeah. Yummy. So, um, you know, I look forward to it. If it's going to be an annual deal, I'll, uh, I'll try and go every year if I can. I think it'd be really cool if it definitely was. Uh, yeah. let's see. Anything and else about the, have, anything else about the Rollins that you morning you want to get to? Just the fact that we reached out to Justin. I read that post of his and I immediately contacted him about getting him on the show tonight, you know, for our Thursday show. But, mm-hmm. uh, he just, Said he was a little busy, uh, going to be up in Houston for a couple of days. So I'd forgot all about that or I wouldn't even mention it to him. But uh, um, we got him scheduled for next week and we'll talk to him about, you know, the emotional impact and and some of that stuff then. But I, yeah. think, it, I think he'll have a lot to say. It's been a long time since we've had Justin on the show. In fact, I, th- I think it might have been the uh, Zeitner family uh, get together we did down at Zeitner Trucking a few years back. No, I, I think we had him on a couple years ago um, when he had the house car for GRT that okay. one year. Okay. Maybe maybe three years ago, but that would have been the last time. Um, you know, he doesn't race for track championships anywhere or anything like that. I mean, we've had Kevin on a few times with his track championships. And, of course, we've shown Zach some love since he's just getting into the sport. But – uh it's been a couple of years since we had Corey on at Quaker State. Yeah, and it's been far it's too been... long. So we'll, we're looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to talking to Justin next week. I know you probably are too. Yeah, yeah, it'll uh, it'll be a good chat. And I told him, I said, look, you want to uh, bring any of your kin along? You know, we can get a whole bunch of people on a Zoom call. So yeah, 
Uh, all right, uh, let's get to some of the local headlines. It was announced earlier this week that uh, Harris Decals has acquired Action Signs and Speedway Graphics. That name may sound familiar to some fans. It's definitely going to sound familiar to some race uh, race teams and, and drivers. Uh, Action Signs, Speedway Graphics is the longtime passion of uh, Stan Caesar, who is kind of looking to step back and enjoy a little bit of retirement. Uh, you can kind of see it over his actions the last couple of years. He's uh, stepped out of the announcing booth. He's uh, focusing a lot on the race operation and more uh, aptly right now, he's focusing on getting his health back up to normal uh, so that he can get back out to the racetrack on a regular basis. But um, saw I talked to a couple of people about this. It had been pretty well rumored, but uh, I think this is a great deal for Nate Harris and everybody over at Harris, uh, Harris decals that uh, they're acquiring a legend in the sport and in, in, in an operation in the middle of Omaha that, well, actually it, it's probably now considered more Eastern Omaha um, around 50th street, but uh, a good deal there. I, I think that's a great opportunity. And uh, hopefully this allows Stan from my understanding, Stan is still going to remain at the shop at about 20 to 30 hours a week, which is going to cut his time at the shop down by about uh, two thirds. <laughs> He tried to he tried to step away a few years ago, and uh, I know there was a couple other things happened. I mean, uh, John Sprano over at Helmet Head Designs decided to step away, you know, to do his own thing because he was uh, a big part of uh, Stan's labor force there. Um, and of course, Stan didn't step, you know, stand in his way. He said, "Go mm-hmm. do your thing," you know. Uh, good luck and all that kind of stuff. And John's, you know, done real well with what he's doing. You know, the, uh, any type of helmet, any sport, John will fix it up for you. And yeah. he's done some really neat stuff. So, um, yeah, but, to your point, uh, I think there's been a couple of people that Stan has essentially groomed to take over or eventually purchase action signs and they've fallen through. So, uh, I'm glad to see this one's finally going through and, um, and, uh, uh Stan's going to start to be able to enjoy some retirement. Yeah. And it's, it's got to be a boon to, to Harris um, getting the location in Omaha, mm-hmm. you know, so that'll probably bring him at least most of the customers that uh, Stan already had through his business. Cause um, one thing I've noticed over the years is, is in the lettering business. If, if you're having a guy do your car, it's every year. Yeah. You're not bouncing around to the, you know, the hot new graphic designer or whatever, you know, you're uh, having your guy do your stuff and that's that. That's just the way it works. So it's going to be good for Harris. I think it'll, you know, uh, probably a good investment on his end. Yeah. And I noticed it. I noticed it uh, several years ago. Uh, The great thing. Well, I don't know. As as a guy who's trying to uh, become a successful business person. I noticed a lot of bigger operation drivers that, you know, they'd be in a wreck one week and then for about four five, six weeks, they'd have new sheet metal, but not new graphics. And I talked to somebody about it one time and, and uh, they said, well, my graphics guy said it's coming, but he's so backed up right now that uh, it's just going to take time. And I thought, how can it take that much time to put, to hit print on a printer on a graphics printer and, and then get it to the driver. I've learned a lot since then. So it, that was an unrealistic uh, criticism of it, but um, 
I guess what I'm getting around to is that after having a conversation with uh, Damon Richards at Demon Decal, uh, he said the same thing. He he ran some numbers by me one day that basically there is 10,000 registered IMCA drivers in the Midwest, and he can handle on average about 250, not average, at most, about 250 to 300 jobs in a uh, race season. So, so basically a, a little longer than a day for each job. Yeah. And, and, and that's, he said, that's maxing it out. And he goes, I, I could expand, but I, I just, I don't have the property right now to do it. So he's, that's why he's kind of in this phase right now where he's working to get guys into the graphics design business, uh, like Ryan Kumpf. And he, he is supporting Ryan any way he possibly can and helping Ryan get RK Inc off the ground and, uh, I, I think this is another great example. Harris decals is going to be able to open up some new opportunities. I, I don't know how many times, I mean, I, I used to stop into to action signs every couple of weeks and Stan and I'd sit in there and, and uh, uh, chat for a little bit for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And there'd be two or three walk-in customers that would just want regular stuff done because it's such a prime spot in town that you can easily just pop in and get something ordered. So it, I, I mean, the sign business is thriving. If anybody's looking to get into something, uh, you might want to get into the sign and, and graphics business because it's I I think that even if you came on board, you're going to be busy right away and you're going to be at capacity in no time as, as long as you got a good business model and you're not uh, uh, ripping people off. Well, it's that and you got to be willing to put in the work. Yeah. yeah that's know. what that's the thing I learned the quickest from Stan is that, you know, he he'd call races late Friday night and then he he wouldn't go home. He'd go to the shop and print stuff off and finish graphics and get things going. And then he'd be up back at the shop Saturday morning and he'd pick up what he started printing when he got there earlier that morning and, and then take him out to the racetrack. And sometimes he'd put them on the car. Sometimes the, the, uh, the driver would do it themselves at the shop later that week, but the man was constantly at the shop and, and, and doing business. Yeah. Especially during the season. Yeah. And I think the hours that probably go along with that job, um, in like February, March, and into April are probably insane. Yeah, absolutely. You know, season coming up, and guys are wanting stuff done, and uh, you know, you got your auto show coming, so a guy's wanting some new stuff for that. You know, and he was he was Stan was notorious and always talking about you know Jack Dover's going to race Friday, so he showed up Friday morning for his wrap. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of too. <laughs> Uh, good deal there, though. I'm I'm happy for Stan and and his wife, uh, Carol, uh, kind of being able to step back a little bit. So, uh, and I think that's a great acquisition for uh, Harris Decal. So, uh, hopefully, those two uh, operations will be able to continue to grow and uh, service teams around the area. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't see the business going anywhere. So, no, no. you know, it's established. It's going to be there. Next piece, next piece of local news, Eagle Raceway announced, actually uh, Racine whispered into my ear on Saturday, this new deal that they'd announced. Uh, and so they officially announced it uh, Tuesday afternoon uh, that they uh, have been trying to add more perks to the purse and, and to help drivers out. It feels like they're, they understand that obviously it costs way too much to, to race in this sport and they would love to add more money to the purse, but uh, sometimes that money's just not available. So they're going out and getting contingency stuff. One of the things they did start doing earlier this year was the bonus purse, which we've talked about several times on this show. 
was uh, they, if you get more than 30 cars in your class at Eagle, they will add an additional thousand dollars to the entire purse. It's not just a thousand dollars to the winner or a thousand dollars to the top five. It is the entire a feature. Plus I think the first four non-qualifiers in the B. So they're adding money into the entire purse. Then they came out and announced that they're doing a $25 gift card to Speedway Motors for any hard charger in the A features. So each one of those is given out each week. They've been doing that for a couple of weeks. Now they're giving away tires to the stock car and modified class. If the class has more than 20 cars, they'll draw a random number, one through 20, and that person will win a free Hoosier tire. Uh, I don't think... I don't think they have a sponsor for that yet, but uh, and it's, not, it's not this place you start in the feature. So if you draw, you know, somebody, they draw a 10, it's not the guy that starts 10th. It's the right. guy that finishes 10th. Right. And, and it's not drawn until after the race is over with. So that way nobody can sandbag and uh, hang around. Yeah, so I think that's cool. They're, they're adding a little bit more stuff to the purse. Well, anything they can do to help the racer, whether it's like I said, you know, they could do the same thing. Uh, you know, I don't know. Those tires got to be a hundred dollars plus. You know, they could they could have made it easy on themselves, just giving them a hundred dollar bill. You know, yeah. and let them spend it on what they want. But uh, they know tires are a premium for those guys, and they are just like a sprint car. Mm-hmm. You know? So they're giving them a tire, and uh, you know, Rogers probably gone out and he didn't buy a semi full of tires to do this, but he had to get a U-Haul truck full. <laughs> yep. Uh, sticking with Eagle Raceway, the Stewart Alley Memorial, which is set to return or set to happen for the first time at Eagle on Sunday, September 10th. Uh, it's going to be a co-sanctioned Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Car Series and the MSTS 360 Sprint Car Series. It's going to be co-sanctioned between those two, and it's being put on by uh, Tyler Perry Enterprises. The purse was announced $6,022 to the 360 Sprint Car feature winner, $4,022 to second, $3,522 to third, $3,022 to fourth, and $2,522 to fifth on down from there. Uh, kind of drops by a couple hundred bucks here and there. It is $622 to start, and it looks like they're going to start 22 cars for that A feature. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a whole week, I think, after the Race Savers. Yeah, the Race Saver Nationals is going to wrap up that Sunday. So uh, the following Sunday will be the uh, Stewart Alley Memorial. Right, yeah. And unfortunately, so, which, as much as I really, really want to be there for that race, uh, sounds like you and I are going to be down in Kansas City for the Cup Series weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's always uh, – that's a week later than they usually run. Yeah. it's uh, They used to run – I think they used to run – wasn't it the Eagle Cup or something like that? They ran a uh, James Rowland is going to send me a voice note cursing me out because I don't remember this right. But I think it was the Nebraska Cup that used to run at least a couple of times the weekend after the Race Saver Nationals. Um, I don't recall them running anything the week after the Race Saver Nationals. Once they started that Race Saver Nationals deals here several years ago, I, I think that's been their uh swan song for the season i don't think okay. they've run after that james Rollin will know and i'll get a voice note reminding me looking forward to it by the way james <laughs> uh jack dover is throwing 500 dollars to the longest tow uh for the driver that hauls the longest there'll be a thousand dollar quick time or 500 dollars per sanction 
or $500 per flight if over 38 cars, courtesy of Tracy Ledger in ESI. $1,000 quick time or $500 per flight over 38 cars. Do you understand that? Well, I'm thinking um, they'll probably run a couple of groups okay. for qualifying. I think that's what he's considering flights is okay. what I would, I'm guesstimating. You know, we, we'd have to reach out to Tracy and or somebody and see exactly what that's uh, what that does mean. But either way, he's spending, he's putting a thousand dollars in the event. However, it's divided up. Well, this, you know. this sounds like an excellent opportunity that we need to have uh, Tyler Perry on the show and talk about this format. Yeah, we've got a little time to get that done. So the Stewart Alley Memorial coming up Sunday, September 10th. A lot of 22s in this because Stewart Alley ran the 22 360 sprint car. Um, around the area. So a lot of great contingency prizes in, in this and Tyler Perry enterprises is the one putting this whole deal on uh, being sponsored by several different uh, companies with this uh, ESI dirt track bank, Dover enterprises. Good deal there. Uh, we'll get Tyler on the show here shortly to kind of talk about that a little bit. The only other thing I got for local news, and I don't even know if it's worth rehashing is um, ever since we left Eldora last week, the pictures have been floating around about the uh, food prices and how, uh, how cheap it is to eat at Eldora and how every track needs to take note and cut their food prices and sell more food. I say, I don't even know if it's worth uh, talking about because it's probably well, been it happens every year. Yeah. It happens every year. Somebody from semi close to this area or, you know, somewhere in Iowa or whatever goes to Eldora and goes up and gets the, I don't remember the prices are very, very reasonable. I mean, it's like two fifty for a, a hot dog and three fifty for a cheeseburger or something like that. I don't remember right off the top of my head, but substantially cheaper than what you see stuff at around here. Yeah, four dollars for a hamburger, five dollars for a cheeseburger, three bucks for a hot dog. Um, you know, three dollars well, for French fries, mozzarella sticks, or five. It's it's good prices. I I again I I think it's great. What was it? Two dollar beers. Yeah, well, that's where they you know, would have the big advantage on around here. I mean, uh, the only track I've been to this year was just Shelby County this past weekend. And it was $4 a beer uh, with $22 six packs. Were they 12 ounce beers or, or tall boys? 12. 12. Uh, when we were down at uh, Fairbury for the uh, Jefferson County or Jefferson County Speedway for the uh, Midwest Midget Championships, I think we paid four bucks for a beer for Bush Lights, and they were sixteen ounce beers. Yeah, and see, I don't think that's bad. No, um, uh, I mean, you go to a concert over at Stir Cove. I think you pay eight bucks for a sixteen ounce beer over easily, there. So. Easily, uh, and, and you know, it, it's easy to criticize these tracks. You know, to 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 say, well, you guys charge too much for food here, and and you know, like, yes, I hate going to the racetrack and overspending for food easily hate doing that but those contestants concession stands oftentimes decide if a track is going to make or break a night now a race saver um, a race like the high limits race at eagle and in, in fan appreciation night when it was absolutely packed and the fireworks show night which it was absolutely packed the concession stand probably didn't make or break that night they probably had a pretty good night that night but we're talking more often than not when the grandstands are decent and you know, the amount of money you're putting into the purse and, and track prep and paying all the employees. I know from talking with Joe Kaziski several times that he would say at the end of the night, the concession stand saved us from, from losing our butts tonight. 
And that's the only time that I, I, I really have no leg to stand on when you want to turn to these promoters and say, hey, what about cutting prices and selling more food? And his argument is not sure we could have sold more food and we would have just lost money. And that's been the whole deal behind um, the fan appreciation nights. I mean, this is the first year I've, you know, I've noticed everybody's charging the $5 bill for fan appreciation night. For the last 10 years, they've been free. Yeah. And they always end up out of food Mm -hmm. because they've got, you know, they let the people in for free and the 10 bucks or 12 bucks that they would have spent to get in on food. Yep. Another thing that a lot of people don't realize, and it's not so much, I can only think of one track that's close to here, but I've, you know, I've been all over, you know, in my 30, 40 years of running around with this stuff. But um, a lot of these smaller tracks and some of these county tracks that are a little out of the way, their concessions are run by the Kiwanis Club or the City Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Um, or a percentage of it goes to the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or whatever, the, the, the 4-H program in town. You know, where around here you've got the uh, 50-50 raffles doing that. But right. a lot of tracks run the concessions with that in mind. So, and the money probably goes to that organization. Right. Or yeah, a percentage I, know that, of it. I know that when I was a little kid, my mom was a big part of the Tigers Booster Club, which helped raise money for all of the sports for the uh, Red Oak High School teams. And I would go and work all the time. I mean, I I would go and work in the concession stand and pop popcorn or, or uh, uh, serve up candy or something like that. It, uh, and it was for the booster club, all the money. They, they paid the money to have all the food there and then they would man it and then they would take home all the profits. But then that money would get donated back in, uh, uh, you know, uh, uniforms, baseball bats, gloves, whatever they needed, whatever the uh, the kids needed and the school didn't have the budget for. Right. So, yeah, as I said, there's, there's a million reasons um, why prices are what prices are. Um, and I know Eldora is in the middle of, of nowhere, too. So it's it's not. Um, like they're not going to pay a premium probably to get stuff shipped. Like I'm sure I 80 was, was probably paying a little bit on their shipping to get stuff either out of Omaha and Lincoln because of their location. That if you had the track like sunset, sunset wasn't paying that. Right. You know, cause it was right in town or back when Playland was going, cause it was in the middle of the city. They didn't pay that kind of stuff, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And, uh, um, even now, and I'm sure Eldora's got it too, is the, the labor. Um, these aren't, you know, $3 an hour jobs or 20 bucks for the night anymore. You know, especially after the pandemic, it's, it's like everything else. You know, you go to McDonald's and you'll pay $10 for a Happy Meal, you know, yeah. because they're paying their people 15 bucks an hour to work. So right. the one thing you get, though, when you do go to a track like Eagle and you buy your food, you get what you got. Yeah. You're not going to have to go back because your order's wrong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, speaking of fan appreciation night, I talked about it on um, Tuesday's show, so I'm going to cover it again real quick here. Boone County Raceway, home of the Tanner Pelster Memorial, is having their fan appreciation night this coming Friday. If you have your Tanner Pelster Memorial ticket, which they did announce several times at the TPM, uh, if you've got that ticket stub, you're going to get in for free on Friday. If you don't have the ticket stub, it's only five bucks to get in. Late models, stock cars, sport mods, hobby stocks, all IMCA sanctioned. 
Hot laps at 7.15, racing at 8 o'clock. And I believe after the races are over with, they're going to do a two-car chain race. Plus, Sarah and I, along with uh, one of Sarah's friends, are going to be at uh, Boone County Raceway starting, I think it's 6 o'clock on Friday. And we're going to be doing high noon tasting. So we're bringing high noon out to Boone County Raceway. And I think you guys are all going to like it. Swing down. Well, you don't have to swing by anywhere. As you come in the main gate, you're going to see us set up there and uh, and and getting ready for uh, for the night. And we're going to be doing high noon sampling. I think we're going to stay there until after intermission. And then we're going to break down. And I'm going to come up with the grandstands and uh, watch the rest of the racing and have a good night. But uh, come on out and try some high noon and get out to Boone County Racer for just five bucks. Or if you have your Tana Pelser Memorial ticket, you can get in for free. Uh, NASCAR news. I don't really have much other than, uh, NASCAR has apparently issued a stern communication to teams that they need to work on at cleaning up their restarts. Uh, Elton Sawyer said to drivers in all three series that he's issued a stern communication this week about cleaning up the restarts. I know exactly what he's getting at because I did watch the Xfinity race on Saturday, I worked Monday and didn't see a lap of the cup race. But the Xfinity race, John Hunter Nemechek, he jacked up everything on all the restarts. You know, and he's got that right, but he was causing a lot of damage to a lot of cars doing it the way he was doing it. Can you describe what he was? He kind of what I think Andrew Kaziski was the one that first taught me this phrase was uh, jackrabbiting the start where you gun it and then stop and then go. Uh, well, I call that brake checking, but. Okay. Um, NASCAR does not allow that. You know, you got to keep the the pace speed until you get to the restart zone. And then once you accelerate, you have to accelerate. You can't start and then not go. But he was literally waiting until the very last little bit of the restart zone. And nobody else can see the mark. Yeah. You can't see through the other cars. So it really stacks up in the middle because you don't know if the guy's gone or not. Mm-hmm. And of course, the spotters up there, you know, be ready, be ready, be, ready, you know, and you're itching and you're creeping up on the guy's bumper in front of you. And then when he finally takes off, the next thing you know, three rows back are already all hammered into each other. Yeah. You, I think essentially you cannot wait for the car, for your brain to realize the car in front of you is going. You have to try to anticipate it. But I mean, there were, there were other racers complaining about it when they interviewed him after the race. Yeah. So So, NASCAR has issued a stern warning on all three series. This coming race weekend, we're going to be at Pocono on Sunday for the highpoint.com 400. Looks like practice and qualifying is going to take place around 135 on Saturday. It's going to be broadcast on NBC Sports app and USA. I think it looks like it's going to be on time delay on USA. They're not going to broadcast that until about two. So they're going to be about 30 minutes behind. Then the race will be on USA on Sunday for, again, the Cup Series race starting at 1.30. Make sure you get your picks in on time for this weekend's race at Pocono. Now, why NASCAR didn't just keep their pandemic thing going at Pocono since it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the year? Why they just don't run their doubleheader like they did before and be done with it? Maybe they didn't get get a good response. Well, I was going to say maybe it, it hurts the track, I guess. But I think I know the teams liked it. Now, you know, the races were shorter, you know, so it, it was cheaper to run the races. You know, they didn't have the travel for a second trip up there. Mm-hmm. But 
I, you know, it, it might have been something that cost the track money. So this race last year, let's see. Yeah. On uh, Sunday, July 24th last year, it was Chase Elliott that officially got the win. Now you're going to have to re- help me remember this because I, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch this race, but the 11 of Denny Hamlin and the 18 of Kyle Busch were both disqualified from the race. Looking right. at the stat sheet, they looks like they finished on, on the lead lap and led several times and led a couple of laps apiece. Do you remember what happened with them? Well, Hamlin won the race. Okay. Hamlin took the checkered flag, but they had something underneath the wrap on the nose pieces. You remember that now? Yeah, I do now. They, yep. they didn't get into big detail on it, but it was something, and I don't remember... I don't. Kyle Busch, I think, was like third or fourth or something. I don't think they were one two, but Hamlin won the race and okay. got disqualified, um, which was the first time that had happened. Mm-hmm. You know the way it did. You know, not the deal like Logano a few years ago when his win was encumbered or whatever word they used. I don't remember, but I think yeah, that was it. Encumbered is right. But it was something underneath the wrap and. You know, they, if I remember right, they said it was like the thickness of a dime. So it wasn't real thick, but they wouldn't have done it if it didn't do something. Right. And I remember at my point thinking, well, why didn't they grab the other two cars instead of letting them go back to the shop? Why didn't they take the other two cars to the R&D center? Yeah. But, you know, maybe they were already gone from the track by the time Tech got done. I don't know. So Elliott gets the win. Reddick comes home second. Suarez third. Bell fourth, and Larson fifth. Then it was McDowell, Truex Jr., Wallace, Jones, and Dylan. Your top ten. Bad days. We talked about Hamlin and Kyle Busch. They finished thirty fifth and thirty sixth, respectively. Blaney was thirty third. Chastain was thirty second. Um, Harvick twenty seventh. Logano twentieth. Then the 2021 race, this was a part of the doubleheader weekend. Kyle Busch got the win. Then it was Larson, Kozlowski, Harvick, Wallace. Then uh, Blaney, Bowman, Priest, Reddick, and Logano was top 10. Bad days for Stenhouse Jr., finished 38th. Christopher Bell, 32nd. Elliott, 27th. Chastain, 26th. I think I've learned from these two results. I am not taking Ross Chastain. Yeah, well, last year was also the race where Kurt Busch got oh, the head man. injury that he's still sitting out from. Right. Kept him out of the playoffs. Uh, when he backed into the front stretch wall coming out of turn four or turn three, however you want to call it. But Yep. All right. I think that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickums contest, the highpoint.com 400 Sunday at Pocono. Due time is 1.30 p.m. Central time. If you have any issues, you can always email me front stretch podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with another episode of the front stretch presented by Joe's carding Quaker steak and lube and tailored computers and repair. Have a great weekend, everybody. Great times, great food. Get to Quaker steak and lube. Quaker steak and lube in council bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, 
and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting. 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & Lube. 